Welcome to my Idaho friends. I am your host, Jaime Lima, and we will be having conversations with business owners and centers of influence throughout the state of Idaho. Please make sure you follow us on our YouTube page and our Instagram, and I hope you enjoy the show. Cheers. And hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of My Idaho Friends. I am your host, Jaime Lima, and boy, do we have a treat for all of you at home. Today, the one, the only, the ever so hairy and sexy, my good buddy from another mother, Dan Nelson. Dan. Brother from another mother, but that's okay. Either way. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. It has been a long day. Here's a beer for you. Hey, thanks, Here's man. a beer for me. Let's crack these bad boys open let's and do it. let's just get down awesome. to it. Well, thanks for having so, me, man. No, yeah, thanks for coming. I just figured you had something better else to do, but you didn't. And no. here we are. You're obviously scraping the bottom of the barrel for guests, but thanks uh, for having me. Anyway. Know, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, Erica, tonight we're drinking Bear Island. Mm -hmm. What did you get, Dan? Uh, I got the Summer Spud. Nice. I'm having some Triple Tater. Indeed. All right. Bear Island's actually one of our sponsors. What? Veteran-owned Bear Island, yeah. Mm, Veteran-owned Beth and Steve. Yeah. show. I can mm. never say their names Cheers. Right. Cheers. Fun fact. Did you know, before I start talking about you, and with you, and for you, uh, Beth and I, before she left for the service and I left for the service, we used to box together. Before you guys joined the military? Yeah, so oh. so right here out of Boise, Beth and I we were by far the smallest the smallest like people training at the yeah. gym. Mm -hmm. Like everybody else had us by like I don't know like thirty or forty pounds. I should say more, so in order to justify the fact that yeah. I was just you know, getting beat up by a girl. But yeah, Beth She's uh, a beast man. <laughs> yeah, and she still is. But yeah. yeah, that that like my my journey into boxing and then later on into Muay Thai grew, you know, it started with uh, my buddy Beth, you That's know, cool. shoulder to shoulder. And then she went on to do great things in the Navy, became an EOD tech, yep. you know, explosive ordnance disposal, which is like you have to be a unicorn yep. to be there. True. And then to do it as a woman, yep. even like you're talking about like the 0.00001% of unicorns. You're like a unicorn that's like coat is actually an American flag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And with wings and, you know, carrying right. like, you know, Certainly. mounted double-sided machine guns on the side. So yeah, so that's who Beth is and this is her beer and it's delicious and it's, again, proudly veteran-owned, veteran-made beer and it's just amazing. And here we are name-dropping people just to try to, when, someday we'll have sponsors, Eric, I promise. It's a good idea to name-drop people that make and sell beer. I mean, I think that's common knowledge, you know? <laughs> No doubt. So in Bear Island, what is the other one? We're not. See, the, oh, this is Mother Earth Brewing. Yeah. I don't know. Buku. Buku yeah. IPA from Mother Earth. Yeah. I don't know anybody there. Great beer, though. They, yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they're transplants. You know, they came from California and now they have their brewery operations. Their main brewery operations are in Napa, Idaho. Oh, I thought they were in Montana and Napa. I had no idea. They're from California. I'm pretty positive they're from Sweet. California. I'm nice. quite, quite positive. I could be wrong. I don't have in the budget somebody to double check everything that I say. There's actually a guy under the table right now. <laughs> That's why I say it so like confidently. This. It's like, no, no, like no, no. But yeah, no, and good people, great beer. And then also, again, always supporting local. Oh, yeah. So <clears throat> let's get down to it. All right, man. So Dan, I know who you are. 
Eric, I just met you there in the background, but you know, some folks at home, they recognize your handsome mug, but there's a lot that might not. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself before we start talking about, you know, the, the run, the experience, and that's really what I want to go heavy on, but you know, who is Dan Nelson and how did Dan Nelson end up here in Boise, Idaho? Well, uh, I was actually born in Sicily, so my dad was a Navy pilot after Vietnam, ended up being stationed all over the world. I was the fourth out of four kids. And then uh, after being in Sicily for a bit, we moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, and that's where I grew up essentially until mid-90s, came here, went to finish out middle school and high school here. My dad and my family came here because of the Forest Service, he became a Forest Service pilot. Oh. So I, you know, went to Centennial High School and what? had a great experience. I terrible experience academically. I put zero <laughs> effort into academics, and it's really unfortunate. Actually, I wish I could go back and, you know, do lots of things to my young self. Um, but then after that, I left. Not yeah. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> let me rephrase that. <laughs> actually, no. I'm gonna stick by it. You stick by it. I'm going for it. Because um, I remember what I did in high school, and it was terrible. Right. Um, after that, uh, ended up going to the military, got out of the military, went to college. I was really lucky. got to play football and, mm -hmm. uh, had my school paid for and, uh, chose to go back in the military. So obviously not that bright and, uh, spent, spent, uh, um, about 11 more years in the military after that. I ended up getting blown up in Afghanistan in August of 2017, mm -hmm. and I was medically retired uh, last May, so May 2019. And uh, my wife is from here. She's from Eagle originally, and we always thought that when everything was said and done, we'd come back and settle in Idaho, and that made it easy. Good, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for your service, brother. Likewise, man. Oh, nobody cares about me. Um, your wife... She's so smart, she's so awesome, and yeah. she's so very hot. How <laughs> She'll did you, appreciate that. How did you do it? Um, <laughs> somewhere between pure luck and, I don't know, coercion, I guess? I mean, I don't want to say, like, deep interrogation type stuff. Right, you know, perhaps something. your skills, you know, and, you know, I don't know, the, the, the skills you pick up doing such things as unconventional warfare and foreign internal defense, they all come full circle. <laughs> Yep. And you, you know, being the full spectrum warrior that you were. And we're not going to go into detail about that because I, that, you know, there's no reason for, yeah, that doesn't matter. It's, it's in the past. But uh, I'm so very proud of you. <laughs> and that's why oh, I have to you. throw that out there. It's really weird. Everyone always, like, says, like, congratulations to me. And then they look at her with, like, pity. And they're just like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I always wonder, you know, like, people at home cannot tell. But you have tiny, beady little eyes. Yeah. You're still a very handsome fellow. And then you take the, don't do it. Oh, man. And there goes the female audience. Oh, sorry. Put him back on. Sorry. Um, uh, and some of the male audience as well. Maybe. We care about you, too. Yeah. Uh, you're all welcome. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's, let's bring it back up. So, yes. Um, Sicily. Right here, that's in Italy. Uh, New Mexico. Yep. I hear that's here in the United States. There's a new one now. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and Idaho, Centennial High School, uh, school, football, military. What made you return? What made you take that pivot after playing football and coming in, uh, letting the cat out of the bag as an officer? Yeah. Sir. Um, yes, enlisted swine. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Um, no, I started off as enlisted swine myself. Um, yeah. and That's why I had, I had a, uh, short and very undistinguished enlisted career in the Marine Corps. <laughs> um, so 
really to know the answer of why I went back in the military um, after college, it's because I did such a poor job of it the first time mm -hmm. that it became a formative failure for me. So uh -huh. um, joined the Marine Corps out of high school and went through boot camp, was at SOI Camp Pendleton, mm -hmm. and ended up getting hurt. And nothing super major, but just like bolts, discs, and everything like that, and got put in this thing called the Medical Rehab Battalion. What? I'm yes. from those guys. And I don't think they exist anymore. It's got like, probably a cool name, like Warrior, Killer, Something awesome. clearing, waiting, yes. you know, yeah, one day you'll be an operator. Right. And then mm -hmm. I started acting a total fool. And uh, it's something that's really embarrassing. And the Marine Corps gave me every opportunity to get right. And I took every opportunity to get stay wrong. wrong. More wrong, more wrong, and uh, just doing stupid stuff, man. And um, you know, I can't even imagine this happening. Maybe it's because it was before, like before two thousand three, before Iraq War started, mm -hmm. and Afghanistan was still really low intensity and really small numbers of guys over there. Right. Uh, well, not necessarily low intensity, but small numbers of guys, not mass trip deployment type things. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was given the opportunity by my company commander, who might as well have been God to me at the time. You know, uh, like saying, like, do you want to be here? Because you're not acting like you want to be here. Right. You don't want to be a Marine, or do you? And I, at that time, my 18-year-old self was like, no, I don't want to be here. So mm -hmm. I essentially quit. And mm -hmm. I don't know why. They could have totally hammered me. Like, really, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I was a nobody. But instead, they took pity on me and let me um, get out with, like, basically an admin discharge. And then I came back here with my tail between my legs because all my... You know, I joined with a group of friends from here, um, from high school. Body system. Yeah. Taking place at all times. They were doing all the right things. So, oh. so they stayed Marines, and then I came back here in shame and was very fortunate to have oh my God. a crazy opportunity as, like, a 19-year-old that allowed me to help coach football at Centennial High School. Mm -hmm. And I think the people that allowed me to do that um, like I think of John Watson, who's still the athletic director there, Lee Newman, who was the head coach there for a long time. Um, they gave me that opportunity because they trusted me to make up for some of my screw-ups, even just, you know, a year or two prior. So I was really lucky, got to coach a season of football there. I loved it, and I think all that time, all the real adults, you know, were like, you need to go do something. Like, you're not going to be a high school coach with a high school degree. Um and be very successful and you're passionate about football, so why don't you go try it? And uh, that's what led to the next step, which was junior college in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Well, Yuma, Arizona, the jewel of the Southwest. Yes, it is. Yep. Um, I went to Arizona Western Junior College down there and played one season of football. Um, got really lucky. And you know what was really weird? Is I think I graduated Centennial and, like, no shit, with a 2.0 GPA. Like, I had to work hard to keep my grades that low because I, like, work hard at doing nothing <laughs> to avoid learning anything at all costs. <laughs> Terrible student. It's so embarrassing. And then I went to, I mean, granted, it was junior college at first, but still, there's some really great smart people there and great smart professors. And uh, magically, after, like, this giant catastrophic failure in my life, then uh, I had a 4.0. And I was like, oh, man, like, life is not that bad in school if you just actually try and yeah. go to class. That's the other thing I told you. Crazy. Go to class. Just yeah. try. Yeah. And uh, so got lucky, got some offers, and ended up going to UCLA uh, from 2004 to, yeah, 2006. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Here's a couple of things. Excuse me. 
We're going to be drinking a lot of beer. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're the guest. I mean, you're the, you are the guest. It's I'm been a host. day. It's been a day. So good. Um, and this is how I end up having like an hour long conversation during the show, whether people at home like it or not. Yeah. You, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're a direct byproduct of not only kindness, which led to second chances, but also a number of people seeing not just potential, but also, you know, having the foresight to be like, you know, this is where the opportunity lies, you know, like, and I want to go back to what you were talking about your time in the Marine Corps, because you are right. It's not very difficult to be a Marine. Especially a brand new I never new said one. that, by the way. <laughs> so, but, you know, as yes. ever, you know, I did it for 12 years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it ain't that bad. You no. know, the first time that you go through, you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, I just cannot believe it. Was like, you know, I had guys in this, you know, in the old squad bay going through boot camp, you know, like they just couldn't even, like, wipe their own ass and mm -hmm. dudes pissing their bunks. And it's like, you know, it's a different life experience for everybody, and yeah. that's fine. And then we all graduate together, and everybody's like, oh, no, we're Marines. Yeah. And I said, which is great, you know. And then Marines are awesome. The Marine Corps is a whole great marketing. Mm -hmm. I'm a Marine, oh, it's a Marine, you know. And like, yeah. you get the sword, and you slay the dragon. It's just best commercials. Uh, I'm proud of that. <laughs> but, oh, uh, but at the end of the day, you have to try really hard. <laughs> <laughs> to get the boot <laughs> to get the boot and uh, oh, I commend you for that and that, you know I was gonna I, I was gonna go with a joke like oh like you know so of course you were in the Marine Corps and then you, you know you were able to exit and facilitate you know you were able to you know kind of wake up and find kind people and they offer opportunities you took advantage of those opportunities as you should and then you went ahead and chose to go into an easier service because that way you know <laughs> it was just going to be a lot better right so you joined the army yep you know no. and you went to school so therefore you're an officer well and, uh, of sorts that was a strange story too what? so there's more the plot thickens well when i was so going to college during that time um obviously iraq starts in 2003 yep and then those same buddies that I mentioned before, they go to real no shit war, mm -hmm. and I'm living out my you know childhood fantasies of playing D1 ball, right. and all the enjoying all the fruits that come, came with that. You know what I mean? Um, it's a lot of fruit. <laughs> it was a great experience for me all around. And apple bottom jeans, <laughs> boots with the fur. I was talking about the education. Yes. I was talking about the education. I'm gonna shut up and drink my beer and listen. <laughs> um, the uh, Anyway, so those same friends started um, going to war and getting hurt and having war-like experiences yep. and uh, all the stuff that comes with it. Meanwhile, you know, I'm living the life, and that guilt was something that I really struggled with. Um, so I decided I was going to go back in the military. I planned on enlisting, and then in the meantime, uh, Pat Tillman, the pro football player turned Army Ranger, who was killed in Afghanistan, um, was killed. And um, that struck me a lot because I was a fan of his ever since he was a college football player at ASU. Like, I used oh, to watch him here. Man. The connection between Jake Plummer, who was from Boise, yeah. was the quarterback on that team, so I've yeah. watched ASU a lot. Everyone did around that time. And yeah. seeing this crazy little dude that you know looked like me, I identified, well, I mean, 
not he was way better looking and way stronger, but you know what I mean. Like <laughs> there was a, there were some similarities, right, you know. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I get it. Like you like like I don't look like him, but between you and I, you you look like him more. His attitude and the way he played the game and just kind of like ferocity and everything, I just love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also commended his decision. Um, he and his brother's decision to do what they did after 9-11 and right. actually put themselves in a position to serve at a high capacity. Yep. Um, so, I end up, my sophomore season of ball, I shattered my collarbone in like the ninth game of our season. I couldn't play spring ball that spring, so I started running, and I'd never been a distance runner. I was like, you know, a football player and a boxer <laughs> in high school. And so I signed up to do this marathon, and I started fundraising, because I'm like, oh, I, got, I need some motivation to do this, because I'm going right. to die. Um, and started fundraising for the Pat Tillman Foundation. And, you know, it was kind of weird. I looked like a giant, like, gorilla out there, like, running amongst all these, like, super athletic runners. Right. And it attracted some attention. Got put in the newspaper, and then I get a call from this lieutenant colonel in the army, and he says, "Hey, I read that you're planning to enlist, and I really think that, you know, you would be you would serve well as a leader in the military as a, as an officer." And uh, I said, "I don't think you know my backstory." He's like, "Why don't you come in and talk about it?" <laughs> <laughs> so I come in, I just lay everything out with him, honestly. Yeah. And he's like, "Well, you." Completely F that up, you know what I mean? And But what you've done since then has shown me, it shows me, that you actually have learned from that, and that's, you know, it's become a four-minute failure for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, I'm willing to take a chance on you. So stack of waivers, like, yay high. Um, somehow, and it's probably because, like, this was, you know, the height or close to the height of Iraq. And yeah, they were taking anyone. They were taking uh, They took me. Because that's when I got in. I got in yeah. in 2003, and okay. I, uh, I had a metal plate on my right knee. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's been too long now since, you know, since I got in and got out. My shady as fuck recruiter mm-hmm. out here in Boise couldn't get me through maps in Idaho, here yeah. in Boise. So he drove me down to Utah. Him and I both lied, got through maps, and you're looking at this Marine here right now. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love that guy. I've never, I forgot his name. He's just a good dude. I don't know if he, he's probably not watching. You know. He's probably like an E9 now. Big and you started like a 15-6 army investigation on him or something. More than likely. Yeah. More than likely. Well, you know, fuck it. Just cross off the name. Jaime Lima. No longer. Well, he lied to me. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. I'm so glad. He's like, you want to go infantry. Like, you're absolutely correct. If anybody wants Starship Troopers, you definitely want to go infantry. Of course, yeah. Space Force. Isn't that the only way you can get your citizenship in that movie? Mm-hmm. No? Okay. It's a great book. Have you read the book? I actually haven't read the book. Okay, so this is the most amazing thing. I mean, we're going to go all over the place because we're drinking, and that's okay. <laughs> because I want to go back to, actually, you know, the very serious matter of, you know, uh, failure and, and redemption. Yeah. But it's a big deal because, unfortunately, you do not get enough of that in the service, regardless of whatever branch. Yeah. And that's a, and that's that's something that, gosh, again, never about me, but I ha- I've had that experience, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I commend you for being honest and being vulnerable and, and just saying, like, you know, it's embarrassing and this will happen in my time when I was in the Marine Corps. And we, at the same time, like, you were young. Like, I'm 40 years old now. You're 23. And when we both look back, you know, it's like, okay, what would, would I have done differently? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, the, you know, the hot tub time machine. It doesn't exist, unfortunately. Great movie. But, like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you know, okay. yeah, it goes back. But but the the thing that I that I always like 
claws at my soul is the way in which we eat our own. Like, oh, yeah. like, you screwed up, and that's it, and you're on the shitbag list, yep. and F you, mm -hmm. and, you know, your grandpappy before you, like, you're no longer part of the cool kids club. So we're going to circle back to that. Yeah. All right. But, uh, oh, no. What were we talking about? Oh, life, redemption, failure. Yeah, and that's what Me. I wanted to circle back to. Oh, Erica, help me out over here. But I was getting somewhere. No, yeah, and you, definitely you. But you mentioned something. Oh, my gosh. And it's live. We're live. Drink the beer. Okay. Uh, I think you left off where your shady recruiter drove you to a different state illegally to have you enlist in the United States military. <laughs> that's pretty good, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll, I'll just pick up and see if you yeah. grab it. So I was still playing ball, and then they wanted me to join ROTC. Mm -hmm. I was going into my senior year, right. so I hadn't done the traditional path. Um, I couldn't offer a lot of time, especially in the summer, like other you know normal cadets or whatever, midshipmen. They go off in between their third and fourth year of college in the summer to do stuff. I couldn't do that because of football training. Um, had an awesome experience playing my last season of football. Had an amazing team. Um, and once that was over... Then I just threw myself into literal physical and mental transformation into becoming the military leader that I wanted to be. Right. And I knew I wanted to be an infantry officer. <laughs> I knew I was going to infantry officer basic school. I knew I was going to ranger school, airborne school, all that stuff, you know, right right off the bat. And I was not a distance runner that could run fast and meet like five mile timelines and perform well on all the things that, you know, that entry level training mm -hmm. requires. Because I was like 250 pounds of a linebacker, you know? Of oh, sexiness. Uh, 250 pounds of steel with sex appeal, I mm -hmm. believe is what you mean. You got that right. Actually, yeah. it was like more bubble gum ish. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but when I ran, I looked like a lava lamp, which was mesmerizing for everybody. So that was that was a bonus. A lot of people, a lot of running partners really want to hang out with you. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, special effects for free. Dude, uh, Mike, I, I have to tell you. So we found this picture of me in college when I was on the beach in California and my four-year-old saw it the other day and he was like, who is that? I'm like, that's me. And he's like, like, look at the picture, look at me. <laughs> yeah. and, then he, and then he's like, what happened to all your muscles? <laughs> right, 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 like, right, right, right. I, I don't know, son. No, yeah, it is. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no. It's cool though. At least it's your kid. It's different when like my wife. Like I remember you have broad shoulders and a six pack, and like now you're you. And I'm like, yeah, true that. Yeah. And that's why I'm so grateful that I'm still married and I'm not single because I have never had to swipe left or right, and I have n no intention of finding out what that will be like. Yeah. So this is gonna be really painful to me mostly because uh, I'm gonna watch this eventually, and I never watch my own episodes. Oh, uh, yeah. You should give it a shot. It's a pretty good show. Thank you. And, uh, and then I'm going to remember like around 3 a.m. It's like, yeah, that's what you wanted to talk about. But we're going to pay. We're going to forget about it. And, and I, I'm not picking it up. But uh, I really, you know, it, it, it matters to me what we're talking, you know, because here's the thing. Like when you are part of the Wolf Pack. Okay, mm -hmm. if you may, regardless of what branch you are, mm -hmm. Space Force, Coast Guard, they still count. Oh. 
you gotta do it. <laughs> you see that like the, the space force show and it's oh, like, yeah. yeah you're still behind the freaking salvation army and it's like oh man, <laughs> bro, that's, man. just for I, I still haven't watched the show i was like man sweet burn man fuck yeah, that's brutal. brutal and they do great work yeah, they do and they they're, and they're amazing and like to all my coast guard brothers and sisters hey shout out oh, to yeah. you guys cheers i wouldn't go boating without you mm-hmm. but uh I really want to circle back because it, it matters to me. Because not only it's happened to me, but it's happened to other people. And I am very fortunate that when I screwed up, you know, I, I really thought like, oh my gosh, like my immediate peer group is going to have my back and my command is just going to crucify me. And I had transition. And, and I'm so sorry because I don't want to go into too many details for anybody that's watching, but I know Dan understands because we have a similar background uh, from your time in the Army and my time in the Marine Corps. And uh, it was completely ass backwards. Now, with the exception of my team, because I was no longer in a team, I mm-hmm. went from the team to you know living that instructor life, which mm-hmm. happens a lot. You mm-hmm. know, also you know in the oh, yeah. ODA community and whatnot. You know, it's just like you did your times. You know, as a team member, now go go do the thing. Yep. Okay. So now you're running the courses and different phases of it, and it's the same thing for us. And. Uh, you know, and, and I messed up and I screwed up and I owned that and it was painful, you know, like the same thing, you know, Marines never quit and all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, not the same, but somewhat similar, you know, when you were 18 and you were in the Marine Corps, you know, it happened to me when I was like 30, whatever, yeah. I already like, I don't know how many combat deployments. And I don't want to go like this on like piss and excellence and all this other stuff till I agonize. Boom. Movie quote. But, uh, movie reference, excuse me. Uh, you know, it, it, it sucked. Mm-hmm. It sucked. So I just thought, you know, like the boys, the guys, the team, the wolf pack were, were going to have my back. And it turned out to be the complete opposite. Mm. It turned out to be that, you know, like higher, specifically higher senior enlisted, uh, you know, leadership. And 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 also the off- on the officer side had my back. Really? And then, you know, the guys, you know, over at the school side, not all of them, not all of them, but a number of them, you know, said, well, you suck. And there were all these things like, you know, you need to give up your MOS, like your embarrassment and all this other stuff. Why do I bring that up? And this is just far too much vulnerability. I'm so glad we have beer. Uh, I love your story because, you know, we have known each other for for a little bit, not like a huge hot minute, but a little bit. We had some awesome conversations. Yeah. And, uh, and and we get along because, you know, we, we're, we're awesome. I don't know where to go with this. But uh, uh, I know that that's not exclusive to our community. That is exclusive to the military as a whole, especially on the big green machine. When it comes to, like, the yeah. Marine Corps and the Army, and we're talking about combat arms, the infantry. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, you're good to go. You're awesome. You're doing great. And then you have a mishap, and then that's it, you know. Uh, especially in the lower enlisted ranks, and I, yeah. you know, at the time I was not. I was no lower enlisted. I, I, by then I was a sergeant or a staff sergeant around that time. I, who, who, nobody cares. But when I see junior enlisted, and then all of a sudden they're part of the wolf pack, and they have a mishap, perhaps one like yours, <laughs> one like mine. And they just absolutely get thrown to the wolf. And, and, and now, of course, armchair quarterbacking and looking back, and I was like, holy shnikes, you know, like, had I been that senior leader, officer side, enlisting side, and it's like, 
you know, just take a breath, take a step back and hold back. You know, what, what's the body of work? Yeah. You know, what have you done, you know, for the team, for yourself, yeah. for the unit, you know, for the community? And here we are just, just, just beating the crap out of you. And we lose a great deal of awesome men and women who are serving our country because all of a sudden, and again, I don't want to put you in the spot. And so I'm talking for me and my own experience. We have some, a bunch of effing paper pushers and bureaucrats mm-hmm. that take these like pivot stands. So it's like, whoa, he's a witch, burn him, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, okay, it's not Salem, bro. Yeah. History. I have read books. I know I'm not an officer, but you know, I never finished college, but here I am. I'm surprised. Yeah, uh, but no, you know, I'm surprised too. But that's the box on West Franklin Road. Is that the one you're looking Siri, for? Siri, shut up! Someone's listening. Siri, stop! <laughs> Freaking Mark Zuckerberg. And... He's illegal. I knew it. <laughs> Watch out. Or as Mango Mussolini will say, Team Apple. Ooh, we didn't just get political. We're not. Yeah. No. No. The... That was me. That was not you. Oh. Uh, just to clarify that. I mean, I didn't get, I didn't come up that on my own. OF Nation freaking official up on Instagram. Shout out to him. But but you see where I'm coming at. And I I just would like to get your thoughts on that because all jokes aside, you are indeed a great leader. You you lead by example. You're you're honest. You're authentic. You're genuine. You're vulnerable. And and to look back, not a lot of people are going to sit across you know here in the table. Well, maybe because there's beer, but you know maybe not this much beer. But before <laughs> there hasn't been that much, and 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 talk about like oh like snap son like I screwed up and I wish I could go back you know in the in the hub to time machine and beat myself up. But yeah. you know, but but now I am where I am. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or what was your experience like that when like how that shaped you, knowing that people saw something in you and now you are that you you're at the wheel yeah you're in that leadership position with a, with a team or, or regardless you know or, or even regular infantry if you wanted to go talk about that and it's like what are your thoughts on 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 that somewhat of a hot button a couple things i guess that jump into my head one i immediately think of all the mistakes i made as a leader um, even though I had all these opportunities and I did learn from them. Um, but there's always new mistakes to be made. Yeah. So that's how we grow. You met, yeah. You mentioned before that like the only reason why I was able to do anything, whether it was go to college, play football, go back to the military, do my time in the infantry, transition over to SF world. Um, all those things were because someone gave me an opportunity. Like someone said, yeah, there's this, but I see something else in you. Yeah. Um, and there's really no way to repay that. And I also think that my failure as a Marine, as an you know, 18-year-old, that is something, and to be quite honest, um, you talk about like redemption. I don't think I, even to this day, I don't feel redemption for it. You can't ever, for me, I yeah. can't make up for those failures. Yeah. But I can try, and that trying, it comes from the motivation of that failure. So it's not like I feel like, oh, okay, like I became, High I five. became a special forces officer now, so... I made it up. I'm good to go. You freaking assholes, you, you freaking yeah. kiss my ass. No. I, I, I got it. No, and, and but that's the beauty of it, because there's, like, there's, there's continuous growth, you yeah. know. And, and I'm so glad you, 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 you explained that, because I, I most certainly wasn't trying to put you know, words into your mouth. Yeah. But, uh, just beer in my mouth. 
You're welcome. Mm -hmm. The first two, you brought the six pack, uh, just to be clear. Neither confirmed nor denied. Fair enough. But here we are. Uh, and, it, and it is important to me because I, I have seen and experienced, I have brothers in arms, you know, who were just amazing at war fighting. Mm -hmm. They were amazing at being Marines in the field. And we were in charge, you know, by people that, you know, really cared about how fresh your shave was and how fresh your haircut was and how tidy your room was and like whether your underwear was folded a, a certain way and whether there was like any dust in your barracks room and all this other stuff and they were just having you stand by to stand by. Garrison Marines. Garrison Marines. Yeah, and uh, there's a time and a place and I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm not saying that that is not also part of like the Marine Corps experience. But I have always looked back, and especially to the to to the dudes, the bros that got out before mental health was an actual concern. Right. Before mental health was like an actual issue, and here you have this warfighter that their their you know their their way of decompressing is like okay, you came back from deployment. It's 2003, 2004. You cannot go and leave for like two weeks. <laughs> Hang out in your barracks room. Yep. Enjoy, just kind of decompress and then do the whatever admin thing, mm -hmm. administrative thing you have to do. And then after that, you know, you can just get in your car or freaking get on a flight, go see your home, yep. go see Susie and beat up Jody. Inside joke. <laughs> do not beat up Jody, <laughs> but they should. Uh, and, and it just it's painful you know I, I have so many people you know from my time as a regular crunchy before I transitioned to mm -hmm. SF you know dudes that were you know I, I, it always comes back to like the guys in the sniper platoon the state teams and it's like they had to do so much mm -hmm. okay and, and they're just they're, they're just getting their shit kicked in you know there's no other way to describe it you know in, in the English language and they're out there, you know, with their radio, just looking, because everybody thinks you're watching movies, you know, like, oh, man, they're just dropping tangos all right. over the place. Like, no, you're just... That's exactly what it's like all the time. Yeah, all right. you're just laying there dirty, like, you haven't had a chance to go to the bathroom, so you're pissing yourself, you're just caked up, you know, like, sugar yeah. cookie stuff, and then you're just watching and waiting and watching and waiting yeah. and passing intel to hire and just, and, and saving lives, too. They just... Mm -hmm. Facilitating, you know, boots on the ground information to all to to everybody, you know, within your unit and, and adjacent units as well. And then you come home and you are just kind of pissed off, you know, and you drink a case of beer by yourself, and perhaps you don't feel like getting a haircut, and perhaps you know, you your you, your shave was was you know was done with a rusty spoon, and like not everything is just like you know clean and neat as a marine should be. Mm -hmm. And uh, you just continue to get into trouble and continue to get into trouble. And next thing you know, you're forced out. When in reality, that, that guy, that asset, has no reason to be out other than like the safest place that they can be, that is within their, his unit and, right. and, and, and surrounded by his brothers. And, it, and, it, and <laughs> I know that's why you're not here, by the way. But it just incredibly rubs me the wrong way because not only are we robbed of incredibly talented, experienced warfighters, <clears throat> but we're also we're also giving up on them. 
I have mixed feelings, man, because I've been on both sides. Um, obviously, my experience we already talked about is a stupid kid. Yeah. Um, but then when I went back in, I took everything extremely seriously, and I took yeah. like the my like my position as an officer, my position as a leader, um, extremely seriously because mm-hmm. it it bothers me when people are put in leadership positions and treat it like it's a tourism thing or like. Once I do my time here, then I can move up to something then, else. And this is what I'm going. What I really want to do. Yeah, I yeah. guess I don't. I just in my, kind of in my life. I think my dad would say like I don't half-ass things. I whole-ass things. Mm-hmm. And whether that means I am doing the right thing or the wrong thing, I, anything worth doing is worth overdoing, essentially. Yep. <laughs> so, which may not be true, but it's kind of how I am. Um, and I was a part of the 82nd. So the 82nd Airborne is <laughs> basically like the Army's. Oh, the Army's version of like the Marine Corps as far as the standards, discipline, garrison life type yeah. thing, but also, you know, like we're... True story, by the way. Yeah. 82nd. Yep. Shout out to the 82nd, All-American. But, you know, I was in that culture, so I embraced that culture while I was there. Yeah. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to go SF and put my hands in my pockets and grow a beard. Yeah. And be the cool guy riding on a four-wheeler. And pay the price for it. Right. There's a toll that you have to pay for that. But at the same time, I had to think really hard, and I wish more people would do this, I guess, about is that why I wanted to do it, or did I want to do the actual work? And, you know, that my personal decision was I wanted to do the actual work more, yeah. than, more than anything else. Um, so that being said, to the point of, of losing guys um, that should be given second chances, or at least, you know... Some reasonable perspective, like you said, look at the whole picture. Yeah. Not necessarily one incident or one behavior. Um, I think sometimes I was really good at that as mm-hmm. a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and other times I was definitely, you know, admittedly the guy that was like, this unit is moving at this speed and you are moving at this speed. Yeah. And I have no time for that. Like the unit is not going to pay the price for your shit baggery. And I, and I understand. No. And, and that's, uh, <clears throat> so perhaps some clarification to like the one single person that is watching that knows what the heck we're talking about. Um, because I'm referring to the crunchies. <clears throat> Nothing but love for my crunchies, regular infantry guys, whether, you know, Army or Marine Corps. So I was definitely, I did definitely did not experience too much of that on the SF side until it happened to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, but like on the lower, like enlisted, uh, <clears throat> you know, your, your regular infantry, that that's what I saw a lot of, you know, even before I transitioned into Marsop, you know, because mm-hmm. like, when I was, gosh, I don't want to come across as this, you know, but I, I put in the work. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's not that many people, at least, you know, like in the infancy of Marsoc, you know, that, that were willing to, to put in the work. And then, you know, I was like super awesome back on where I was over in 3-4, and then I got over to SF, and then I was just like kind of somewhat to like the bottom of the barrel because these guys were demigods. Yeah. They were just absolutely amazing. They were absolutely awesome. <laughs> And in the beginning, when you have, like, all the motivation, it's like, I made it, and I'm just going to continue to try, 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 try. But, uh, you know, like, pulling back a little bit, peeling back or pulling back. It sounds like I'm talking about foreskin. I don't know. But, like, you know, like, <laughs> I really, yeah, it's just analogies. We're yep. very, and it's just, Mother of Brewing, thank you for the beer. <laughs> They're not sponsors. They should be. Um, uh, you know... Uh, the, the perspective that I wanted, and you really truly nailed it. You know, you 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 definitely do not want to sacrifice the beehive. You you definitely don't want to sacrifice a colony. You know, because of because of the one cat. Yeah. But 
at the same time, like, you know, what I experienced and what I saw with a lot of my guys and a lot of peers, it was just always between deployments, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember um, one of the first sergeants, you know, back in 3-4, you know, was talking to a buddy of mine. Like, I, I wish I could, like, put you here, like, right next to the sprinkler. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, in case of, but instead of case of fire, in case of war, you know, break glass. glass. Yeah. And then you're in. And um, those guys that were thought of being inside that that glass case of emotion, another movie reference. Uh, you know, that's where that's where it pulls on my heartstrings yeah. a little bit. After, of course, armchair quarterbacking, <clears throat> looking back and going like, you know, that 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 was beyond the serving of a second chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, my general thumb, um, <clears throat> and honestly, it still is, but on the team, like anytime new guys come in or whatever, um, that's my big thing is I will protect you. Like, no one's going to jail for anything we do no. before I do. I'll pick you up. But the thing is, though, is if you do something with selfish intent, then you, I'm going to crucify you. So that's the deal. Yeah. So if you are doing something with selfish intent that hurts the reputation of the team, because reputation is the finest currency in any special operations unit yeah. that anyone has. So if you harm the reputation of our team, yeah. then you're gone. Yeah. No. Hey, cheers to that. Yeah. But, you know, man, stuff happens. I, uh, I, I, I so love that you clarified that and, and brought that full circle because, you know, there was, a, there was a senior enlisted gentleman, you know, when I transitioned from the, from the team, you know, from, from the team life over into the, you know, the, the instructor side. And I remember this, this one single conversation, you know, like, if you're doing it for the team, Whatever, whatever voodoo magic you're back there trying to do in order to, because I was a, you know, I was the, I was the breacher slash, you know, log guy. Yeah. So equivalent of our Charlies. Yeah. Aaron Butler. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, so I was that guy. So I was like, you know, acquiring. You were in the acquisitions. Yes. I was into acquisitions, which I didn't know, which was later on will help me in sales. Oh God in heaven. Yeah. (laughs) uh, That's uh, true. But. uh, but I was most definitely in acquisitions, and um, and I, I it was it was just one of those those kind of things in which like you know like whatever I did as long as it wasn't for my own benefit, like I wasn't like putting in like the like you know I I wasn't using the budget in order for like oh like we're gonna have flat screen TVs at the safe house or or, or at the team you know or for the compound like now right. all of a sudden we're gonna be like living that Gucci life no like. I was getting lumber. I was getting like all the S4 type stuff, Mm -hmm. logistics. Uh, You know, so my guys have all their gear and equipment in order for like, you know, have like mission success. And it's like, and as long as you did that, those guys had your back. Yeah. And I I live by that and I appreciate that. Man, I'm not going to drop names, but dude, like he was rough, man. But when it came to that mindset, I, I stood by him. 24-7, 24-7, and, and I'm so proud that, you know, that I had enlisted senior personnel in charge of me like that, that even though he was a pain in the ass, and he was, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that's the mindset. I, can, I will always respect them, have a great deal of love for me. I didn't like him, great deal of love, great deal of respect. 
Erica, what do you need? I need to know a little bit more about what you guys are talking about. I mean, okay. okay so for the non-military personnel, when you're saying crunchies, Wolfpack, eighty second, all of that, like I'm thinking like movie stuff, but. Okay, so so fair enough, fair enough. So it's, there's been, you know, not a lot of beer, but enough beer. So for everybody that is watching, and thank you, Erica, or amazing. <sighs> Erica, you're amazing. You run. I love. I love that. I love that everybody gets to hear your voice in the background. So I'm not saying that we're humble, but we're humble. Uh, so Dan, I'm very proud of him. Great dude. Um, uh, Army. Special Forces officer, and then myself, freaking scumbag Marine, Marine Special Operations Combat uh, Command from Marine Special Operations Team, number, 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 number. So, in the military, um, Special Operations, specifically units under Special Operations Command or SOCOM, like the video game SOCOM, mm -hmm. um, from the Marine Corps, there's only one unit that's under SOCOM, and that's MARSOC or Marine Special Operations Command, I... and that's what he was a part of. So, he was a Marine yeah. Raider. And uh, in the Army, there's several that are under Special Operations Command. I was a part of First Special Forces Command. Um, uh, and uh, I was a Green Beret. So if that so, yeah. brings the name, the common nomenclature. But if you say SF, it means Special Forces. SOF, Special Operations Forces. Mm -hmm. Special Operations Forces is an umbrella term <coughs> across all branches. Yeah. And SF, specifically Special Forces, at least we are always taught, there's only one Special Forces, and that is the Army Green Berets. There are a lot of Special Operations. It includes SEALs, it includes MARSOC. Don't tell that to Team uh, Six. I know. Right? Yeah. Oh my God, they got all the books and the cool movies. Oh, jokes aside, Rangers, you know, I, you know I, yeah, absolutely. And, and, do, and Rangers do lead the way right after the Marines come in and kick ass. I'm not going to cheer to that one. <laughs> yes, exactly. With that said, you know, uh, Dan Nelson here was the real deal, and I was just a guy that was just in the background. So um, Definitely not the real deal. Just a dude that was lucky to be there, honestly. And uh, as, as was I, you know, in the presence of demigods and, and, and gentlemen, just in the presence of giants. So, yeah. yeah. And this is a good time to pivot okay. and make it more about you. Erica, great question. Give me a give me a timestamp. Give me a time check, please. Where are we at? We have 20 minutes. Fucking A, right? We have 20 minutes. All right. Dan, not only are you a good buddy, not only are you a great leader and somebody that just puts forth an effort to make your community better, not just within the military, but also here now as both you and I, regular, you know, civilians. I'm working on my dad bod. I'm more like the skinny fat type, and you're more of like the other. The fat fat type. The actual. I never fat said that. that was. No, it's uh, yeah. Tell us I'll more. Tell us more about why we're really here, so we can let the people know. I want you to give us the skinny on the Aaron Butler Memorial Foundation. Pretty please, we're sharing on top. Yeah, man. Um, so I mentioned I was I was wounded in August 2017. Yeah. Um, it was a unfortunate incident for a number of reasons um, but basically we were fighting a different fight within the normal fight of Afghanistan so we weren't uh, fighting Taliban we were fighting ISIS-K or ISIS-Khorasan province hmm. um, and I think everyone's pretty familiar at least with ISIS um, and Bad yes guys. yeah and yes they are in Afghanistan too um, yes, true story. so we were immersed um, in clearing these valleys for about five months which was a really unique deployment all around um, and it culminated in an operation on uh, August 16th of 2017. Um, we were clearing this thing called Momon Valley. And long story short, 
Um, at the end of the day, basically being in constant contact from like 05 that morning or 5 a.m. that morning. Um, then about 5 p.m. that evening, we occupied the one uh, standing reinforced concrete structure that we could. And uh, about 20 minutes after we had occupied that structure, uh, there was a massive explosion. Uh, 31 Americans were injured, a number of our Afghan partner force were killed, and one American um, died there, and that was Aaron Butler. And he was my, uh, one of my 18 Charlies on the team. And um, it was a unique experience for a lot of reasons for me. Um, I was also injured, so I remember pieces of it. And then since then, I've seen like aerial footage. I've seen, uh, you know, helmet cam footage and things like that. So it's kind of hard for me to tell you exactly. Right. Um, no, I... But the one, the one thing I guess I'll say without sounding too Hollywood is that um, just the nature of the beast that I happen to uh, be the one with Aaron. Um, yep. When it ended, and uh, he and I honestly like we, I was a hard boss to work for, without a doubt. So to say I was his best friend is absolutely not true. Mm -hmm. um, he had a best friends on the team because he was a likable guy. Um, but you know I wasn't one of them. I was his boss, and I was a hard boss to work for. Um, so I'm sure he probably. Well, long story short, um, that kicked off about a four-hour ambush. Eventually, uh, we medevaced everybody out. Uh, the rest of us walked out of the valley. And uh, I, then the walking wounded, essentially, people that were injured but could still move, um, got out of the valley to a point where we could be evacuated more safely. And uh, so we were picked up by the medevac birds and out. From there, it's a blur of, because uh, because it was a mass casualty event, we had yeah. casualties go to Bagram, Jalalabad, and Kandahar, where me and some of my guys were sent, which is in southern Afghanistan. It's a long flight. Yeah. Um, and then I was subsequently sent to Bagram and then Germany and then Walter Reed Medical Center where I um, spent a good amount of time. That's where my second son was born, actually. So um, my wife was uh, like eight and a half months pregnant with our second son when um, this happened. And then she lied to the airlines like a boss because she's a G. Yeah. And uh, got on a plane and flew to Walter Reed and was there with me. And she had my son, Leroy, on the floor beneath me. So... Um, while she had a one-year-old, by the way, my oldest son. So we did the Irish twins thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's Panamanian twins tradition or... Is it yeah, just, absolutely. Just Same thing. Well, okay. like, you know, most of my friends are Irish anyway. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so you're familiar with the term. Yeah, mm -hmm. so planned it out. Awesome. And uh, then everything yeah. worked out. And uh, yeah, I just can't say enough about what the support and... I mean, because she was like my... Truly my only case manager at that time. Yeah. And our experience... Being thrust around through yeah. the armies and the DOD's medical system uh, was not a positive one. And I'm not saying that there wasn't amazing people um, within the system because at Walter Reed, I still remember two of my nurses, and I don't remember a lot during that period. Mm. Um, I had a number of injuries, but the big, the most concerning one was a brain injury. Um, so, um, and that changed a lot of things, everything from my, my speech to my vision to... Um, the way I walked, my balance, my vestibular system, yeah. uh, in addition to other actual mechanical injuries. Yeah. Um, so that's not a poor me thing at all. I'm just giving you some background. No, um, right, right. Absolutely. And then the one year mark after that, um, 
I was still in the Army, but I was allowed to come back to Boise um, to do what they call community care. Mm-hmm. It's when they say, like, hey, just go back home and recover because you can't do anything else. Yep. And seek treatment through either private practice operations or the VA hospital. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and honestly, that was the worst time that I can remember. Maybe because I can remember, but in the hospital environment, everything was really canned. So everyone like holds your hand and tells you where to go and you have all your appointments like your full-time job is just appointments and then being drugged up and sleeping yeah um and i guess i it's it's embarrassing again but like i i didn't realize how fucked up i was if that makes sense i had no concept of like even for the longest time i i didn't know how i was speaking which was like really slurred and stuttered right and um you know, I knew I was in speech therapy. I knew I'd get frustrated about things, but right. it wasn't, it never clicked to me. Honestly, like when I got my phone back, the first thing I did was order a bunch of, you know, like tech gear, tactical gear um, for the next deployment. Because in my mind, I was you were getting ready to get ready to go back, you know, because we're the guys were rotating home in October. Yep. The ones that were there and not medevaced out um, were coming back in October. It was about that time. And I'm like, all right, yeah, like I need to get ready for the next trip. I didn't have, have a concept of how I was until I came back here. Yeah. And then I get thrown into my house in Boise, Idaho, and with a newborn, yeah. my wife, and like a one and a half year old. And that's kind of where it all came, like it, all my flaws were pointed out. The fact that I couldn't make it up and down the stairs of our two-story house, which was really small. <laughs> um, the fact that I didn't sleep. Um, I had no patience, I had no caring, I had no like emotional connection, which yeah. is, God, and you think about it, like I think of my newborn son and my one-year-old, and I wonder like in the future, oddly enough, if they ever see this, you know what I mean? Like, what are they gonna think when they realize that like their dad had no ability to emotionally connect with them during that time? Mm-hmm. Casey did an amazing job, like yeah. she, my wife just like, like she ran everything, including me. Right. Um, so she was basically dealing with three toddlers because yeah. you know I wasn't driving. You know, I wouldn't remember to take my medication. I wouldn't remember to shower, right? Or eat, mm-hmm. like which obviously look at me. Like I like to eat. Yeah. So if I don't remember if I've eaten or not, then something's wrong. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um. Anyway, so let's go kind of fast forward through that really shitty dark time. Yeah. Um. Uh, by the way, got addicted to opioids. Big surprise. And I used to be the guy that, uh, you know, like didn't want to take ibuprofen. You know, I'm like, oh no, that's not natural. I don't do that. Yeah. And then it became the guy that was like, uh, you know, I, hey, I don't want to take like a Percocet or an Oxy or Hydro or whatever. And then um, becoming the guy that's comfortable, you know, eating two to four in the morning to function. And yeah. like, really, I did not feel high at all right um it was just functioning so didn't even realize there was a problem with that um until the until basically around christmas time or january of beginning of 2019 so like end of 2018 early 19 and then casey who is a designated badass um and she understood, you know, yeah. but I was using all these avenues. I was using opioids to a ridiculous extent. Yeah. I was using alcohol to a really ridiculous extent. Right. And, uh, you know, I was working with some really good counselors too. 
So mm -hmm. uh, actually at the Boise VA. So yeah. um, which they, I do too. They do exist. Yeah, they they and they are amazing. And you know also the vestibular therapist there, which is like your balance system. Um, the speech therapist, like I can't say enough. Like everyone, and even I, it's easy to talk shit on the VA, but really. Not every VA is created equal, and not either. Just like a military, there's people do not equate unit. Unit does not equate person value. We're incredibly lucky for yeah. the Boise VA here in Idaho, and you know, shout out to all of you guys on Some Heroes, and thank yeah. you for what you do for Dad and I. Um, so basically, I got an ultimatum, which is not something that I'm um, proud of, but um, you know, Casey told me that I either had to fix myself as far as uh, the opioids or alcohol or something um, yeah. or not um, because it, it she you know she was looking at other places to live with the kids right um, for their happiness for her happiness yeah um, their well-being yeah their no, well-being again yes. absolutely yeah um, so I did quit the opioids um, and that was rough that was rough and I did not I won't even like <laughs> shocking yeah <laughs> Um, uh, I don't even, I mean, we can get in the details if people are interested, but I don't think they really are. No worries. Okay. Um, but it was a, a challenging period. And then the way I did it apparently is definitely like any substance abuse counselor will tell you that's not the way to do it, but I did. Yeah. Um, and it, so, um, and then things, uh, started to open up a little bit and the biggest change was there's a veterans group called mission 43. Um, and we'll probably talk about that here in a bit, but mission 43 um, guys like Brian Madden and Brian Von Herbulis and the Family Foundation, the Jay and Catherine Albertson's Family Foundation that, yeah. that runs that Veterans Initiative, um, gave me an opportunity to go to hyperbaric oxygen treatment, or HBOP. Yeah. Um, which, at that time, I thought might as well have been like essential oils or <laughs> like... Witchery. Witchery. Witchcraft. I'm not... Trying to upset people that like essential oils, it's just it's not my bag. Yeah, um, oils. Yeah. smells nice. Right, but uh, them telling me it was actually going to help me, might as well like just like okay, like I've heard that of all these treatments, like I've been to all the best programs in the country, like this and that, and like nothing is helping. Yeah, and you guys can see that. So then, you just you're almost uh, systemically forced into a victimhood situation, where it's like, dude, you've done enough. You've broken now. Like, be happy that you have, like, a home and a wife and kids. Just, yeah. Like, yeah, you're alive. Your, accept your victimhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's uh, not me. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't feel that way. Um, so, doing the HBOT, and I did it at Idaho, Idaho Barracks in Pocatello, of all things. There's only two, like, really functioning chambers in Idaho, um, the right type of chambers. And this is, I mean, I'll plug Idaho Hyperbarics in Pocatello, Idaho. The guy down there is a commercial salvage diver. Boom! Just, like, started this business. And I'm yeah. telling you, man, being down being down there with people that, you know, have every condition from traumatic brain injury to Parkinson's to cerebral palsy yeah. to diabetic ulcers getting treated. It was crazy. And there's also one um, up in Haley, and they have the Hyperbarics Health and Wellness Foundation, which is also amazing and worth yeah. a Google. Um, anyway. The uh, that was the game changer for me, where it wasn't a it wasn't a silver bullet. It I I didn't like come out of there after you know six weeks of treatment saying like I'm totally better, but it gave me enough cognitive white space to give a shit about 
all the therapies that I was in that were formerly a exercise and frustration. Yeah. Like I was in speech therapy the whole damn time from Walter Reed to here to UCLA where I got into a program there, Operation Mend, amazing program. It was just frustration until that happened where I could actually care about my treatment and put the correct effort into it and then prioritize like what I wanted to fix, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, during that time in that cognitive enlightenment or awakening, whatever you call it, like, yeah, I still have a lot of, I'm not the same person. Um, but like the whole point of resilience is not, or like anti-fragility is not like, you know, you stretch rubber band and you let it go and it looks like it goes back to the same thing, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's actually a little bit longer because you stretch it out. It's okay. You just got to get right with the new normal. And I'm not sitting here like telling you I'm right with the new normal, but I'm telling you that it gave me opportunities that um, to be more right with it and actually want to be productive. So the second anniversary of Aaron's death and the whole incident in the Momon Valley in Afghanistan <clears throat> was August 16th, 2019. Um, me and some of the guys, some of the teammates come up, came up the year before while I was here and we really, you know, we, for the anniversary of the day where we all got messed up and Aaron died and everything and all we did was drink <laughs> you know like we drank and when we would tell stories and then we'd cry and then yeah we'd... and here we are yeah 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 and I just felt we felt like this is not worthy of Aaron's memory because he was such a remarkable person he was a four-time state high school wrestling champion in Utah there's like 12 of those in the history of Utah. Right. Most of them came like in the Brigham Young era. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like dude, it's, it's, it's a rare thing. And then, you know, just his family is so amazing and they've been so gracious uh, to me through this whole thing, which, you know, they have no reason to be. Um, yeah. Because it's unfortunate that my last act as a, as a, my last real act as a military leader um, ended up killing one of them and dramatically changing a lot of their lives, ending their careers because of medical issues, yeah. um, mental issues, physical issues. Um, the pain that they feel is like a direct result of, of, you know, my last decision and it's not the way I wanted to go out. Yeah. Um, but you don't get to choose how you go out. Mm-hmm. And so we chose in 2019, um, to run the Aaron Butler Memorial Purple Heart Run, or ABM PHR. And that, the first year last year, um, that we ran at the Eagle Bike Park, and we initially, our goal was like, hey, we're a first time like trail 5K, 10K run, and we want, you know, like 300 people, and we like reached out to everybody and all the running stores that were super awesome and supporting us were like, very good. 300 people for a first time like little know nothing race like good luck guys and you don't look like runners by the way and we're like we're not um (laughs) right (laughs) but but it ended up being that uh we had a cap registration at 800 and we had uh almost 2,000 people come out to the run because it's not really just a run it's like we say it's an emotional educational experience thank you um but it it really isn't because it's not about the run it's about the celebration of sacrifice and gold star families gold star families for those that don't know or someone that's lost um, 
their family member in combat. Yeah. So there's Gold Star sisters, brothers, mothers, fathers, fathers. everything. Yeah. Gold Star, whatever means they lost someone they loved in combat. And we want to honor the sacrifice of the fallen. And Aaron's name is on it, but it's not all about Aaron. Like the courses that we have are lined with the pictures of the fallen since 9-11, 2001. Yep. Um, we have all 51 Idahoans um, with their pictures and bios and these giant posters along the course. Mm -hmm. And it was just amazing to see some of the Gold Star families come out. And some of the people, it's not just for military, it's for first responders as well. Mm -hmm. We have challenged athletes, paraplegics, uh, double amputees, like rucking the 10K course last year. Just nuts, man. Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy and it's, it's humbling. And that was actually the catalyst for the start of the Aaron Butler Memorial Foundation. We did it backwards. We started with our event and turned into a foundation. Sorry, I'll stop talking, man. Thank you. Uh, and I know it, it, it's, you know, it's not easy being vulnerable and it's not easy being authentic and genuine. And uh, you, like, yeah, we, we, we know us, you know. Within the short amount of time in which we hang out and shared and talked and you know the experience that we had together here in this beautiful state that we get to call home, you know we we, we have gotten to talk and share about a, a number of things in which uh, I feel incredibly privileged and honored you know to to listen and and, and to listen to you here and sharing with people that do not know or potentially do not understand our background and, and, and that's not like a stab at anybody watching um, that doesn't, it's not tracking on every single little thing that we're talking about because it's difficult. Yeah, it's a different culture. And it is, it is, and it is challenging and uh, you, you, you tread this thin red line in which you're not trying to be braggadocious, but at the same time, you're trying to be real and you're trying to be authentic. So uh, again, uh, thank you and I, and I, Truly, you know, I, I honor you and I honor your team and I honor Aaron and, and, and thank you so much for, you know, because I know it's not the first time, but yet again, here we are and here you are, excuse me, not we, but here you are uh, making it known, you know, what it is that, what the freaking Aaron Butler, freaking, uh, the, the experience and the foundation, what they're all about. Man, it's... Uh, well, I appreciate it because, like, it's one of those things where we say we honor the fallen, but we honor them by living. Right, and and, and it's and it's tricky, and because <laughs> it's not always easy. Yeah, it is not it is not always easy. You know, you 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 come home, and then all of a sudden you transition into this thing, and you're like, and you know, and we're husbands, and we're fathers, and like. You know, talking about Casey, and you know, earlier for anybody that might perhaps tune in later, if you're rewatching or whatever, you know, and <laughs> I was making that shout out to your wife, but that, that that's with a purpose because I know and understand that like the reason why you are where you are has a thousand percent to do with your baby mama, your significant other, your wife, and 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 I and I just 
I just get, to me it is so cool that like in this tiny little thing that is, you know, like my Idaho friends, we, we not only get to honor Erin, but also get to honor her because without her, I'm not gonna lie, I don't get you. Yeah. And I appreciate you and I, and I, and I value you and I honor you and like as, as much fun as everybody's gonna make fun of me and I love you for that. I love you too, man. And I, and I, and I really, it, 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 from the bottom of my dark little ice cold rock hard, <laughs> I, I, I truly, truly do. When can we expect to be doing the Aaron Butler Memorial Foundation run? Tell us about it, please. August 15th, this uh, year. It's happening. 2020. So for, 2020. So the Aaron Butler Memorial Foundation has three pillars. Our first pillar is social action events, namely our Purple Heart Run series. Our second pillar is youth leadership development through sport, particularly youth wrestling, where we integrate veterans, military veterans, and first responders, as well as top-tier coaches to teach um, lessons beyond the sports that these kids are playing in these developmental camps that we put on. And the third pillar is case management assistance for wounded in action service members because we, everyone involved in the organization has been a combat wounded soldier or service member um, or the spouse of one. So we're not medical experts, but we know actually like how this process goes and we can hook you up with some organizations that can actually help in different ways. Um, the next Aaron Butler Memorial Purple Heart Run is August 15th, which is a Saturday, 2020, at the Eagle Island State Park in Eagle, Idaho. And it's not a political statement. Like, we are very conscious and aware of the safety precautions that we'll have to take with COVID. Um, but we want to make it known that we are completely apolitical in this. The reason why we're conducting our run is because we made a promise to our fallen brother's memory. And we're going to keep that promise. Like, if it ends up being, like, me and Jaime running on the green belt, like, so be it. We're going to make it a party that is like no other to honor all the fallen, not just Aaron, even though his name is on it. Thank you. For everybody watching, closing thoughts, thank you so much for yet again uh, tuning in to my Idaho friends, to Dan. Thank you so much again. I honor you, I hear you, I listen to you, my heart goes out to you in a way in which like, I do not feel sorry for you, but I feel for you because we're brothers in this. So we're veterans, not victims. You're goddamn right. There are a number of things that we wanted to talk about, but we did not get to cover because here I am running my suck yet again. Uh, again, thank you to Dan Nelson. Please, again, look into it. Aaron Butler Memorial Foundation and the run. I will be there along with my family, regardless of what the conditions are. Again, not a political statement. It really is about our brothers and sisters who have just paid the ultimate price and sacrifice for our country, our community, and for all of us. If you're watching and you're a veteran, a couple of things I would like you to think about and look into, please do look into Mission 43. Okay, uh, they are out there to support you, especially here in the state of Idaho. Fun fact! 43, because Idaho is the 44th, 43rd state yep. in the union. I was going to say 44. I was just kidding, seeing if you're paying attention. Uh, second thing, uh, there's, uh, oh, goodness gracious and a half, the leadership. Fellowship. Fellowship. Uh, applications for that and on the end of this month, here in June, June 30th. Do we have 30 days on this month, Erica? Yes. Thank oh, you, Dan. Sorry. 
and also mm -hmm. her. So that's two people confirming that I am correct, as usually I am. <laughs> so uh, if you look into it, you can feel free to go into my idol friends on Hi Melima's Instagram and Facebook. There's some information on that bio right there. And just freaking reach out. Mission 43. Leaders Fellowship, uh, Dan and I are also, um, I don't want to say OGs, but to the we fellows. are to the fellows. We uh, are looking to it and we're graduates and looking to it. For those of you, the rest of you and all of you, thank you for tuning in. I know you got better things to do with your time, but we most certainly appreciate you uh, tuning in, watching, learning, listening to Dan and listening to myself. If you're a veteran, if you're a civilian, thank you for your support. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being here uh, in lovely Idaho, and especially in this city I love. Boise, love, love. The accent is kicking in because of the beer. When in doubt, get out there and be kind to somebody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We most certainly appreciate you. And for those of you out there that you feel in which nobody cares, and that you're alone, and all these other things. When in doubt, again, be kind and reach out. Take care, I love you a long time, and see you next week. Cheers. <laughs>